The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barn and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. And he said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and your body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouses nor barns, and yet God feeds them. And of how much more value, value are you than the birds? And of which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to your span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and is tomorrow thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat or what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows what you, that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. Greetings, One Fellowship family and friends. Pastor Paul here, and I am so excited to share today from Luke chapter 12 with you. But before we dive in, would you bow your heads with me as I share another brief word of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. 
And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this week, the sermon is titled, The Way of Simplicity. We are in a sermon series called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I want to begin by asking you this question. Are you someone who believes that more is always better? I'd like to begin my sermon by sharing an old story that still has great relevance to us today. It's titled, Shrek, the sheep escaped to avoid shearing, hides out in a cave for six years. First, let's take a look at Shrek. Let's meet Shrek. There is Shrek, my friends. Look how fuzzy Shrek is. No one likes getting haircuts, the story begins, when they are young. Shaving feels like funny business, and the first few barbershop visits can be a scary experience. Likewise, no sheep likes getting sheared. Older sheep are pretty docile. They know the routine. It's not a big deal. Young sheep, on the other hand, will fight against shearing pretty hard, struggling and kicking, and, like in Shrek's case, will avoid it at all costs. So for six years, this New Zealand sheep managed to avoid spring shearing by escaping to hide in a cave. By the time he was found in 2004, Shrek's owners could not even tell he was a sheep. Some breeds of sheep naturally shed their wool each year, but merino sheep, typically raised for meat, never shed their fleece. And hidden behind cave walls, far from any shearing blades, Shrek's wool continued to grow and grow. By the time he finally was shaved, Shrek's fleece weighed 60 pounds. That was enough wool to make 20 men's suits. Now here's the thing. Having all that wool was not only crazy, it was dangerous. According to Dave Thomas, head of sheep studies at the University of Wisconsin, yes, that Dave Thomas, a full fleece can be bad in very hot weather, sometimes leading to heat stress. There are also mobility issues due, due to a condition called being wool blind, when the sheep's vision gets impaired due to its wool. Also, if a sheep with long wool lies down on a heavy incline, it can be impossible for them to roll off of their backs. In extreme cases, they can die. Thankfully, Shrek was saved and shaved. What a story. I guess the notion that more is always better is not actually true, is it? In fact, looking at our own lives, more money, more clothes, more cars, more stuff does not equal more happiness. Social scientists tell us this. The Bible repeatedly shares this, and in our core, we actually all know this, don't we? And yet, like Shrek, we too often wander finding ourselves carrying a weight 
that we're never meant to carry in doing life alone when all along we're meant to do it together. This leads me to our big idea and our big takeaway from our passage today. The most important things in life are not amassed in a barn. They are received in the heart, which leads to a life of simplicity. Let me repeat that. The most important things in life are not amassed in a barn. They are received in the heart, which leads to a life of simplicity. Point one, the most important things in life are not amassed in a barn. Our passage reads, And he, Jesus, said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all covetousness. I hope I got that right. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all of my grain in my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. To quote theologian Leon Morris, greed can never get enough. Worry is afraid it may not have enough. And in our passage today, Jesus addresses both greed and worry. First, greed. Jesus begins, quote, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness or greed, depending on the translation you are using. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. This word covetousness, that's a hard one, it means to lust, always to have more. And Jesus is warning us that the temptation is real to base our identity and our security on what we have, what we own. I don't know if you guys remember the show, The Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Do you? I remember watching this show in awe as a boy in the late 80s into the 90s. Raise your hand if you ever watched the show, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Narrated by Robin Leach with his posh British accent, we would see how the truly blessed live with their extravagant homes on the coast, golfing on the finest greens at the most exclusive clubs, followed by a toast of champagne and a taste of caviar to end each day. And I would sit there as a little boy in little Lake Wales, Florida, my hometown, mesmerized, thinking how it must have been so great to have all of those things. That is, until Carly and I, in 2007, moved to lower Fairfield County, Connecticut, arguably the wealthiest pocket in the United States, 
And we saw firsthand the poverty of wealth. Addiction, anxiety, divorce were rampant. There seemed to be a correlation between the more people had and the more people struggled. Yet nobody wanted to admit it. Why? Because for so many, their lives were built around the lie, I am what I own. I am what I've amassed in my barns, in my bank accounts. According to Dr. Madeline Levine in her bestseller, The Price of Privilege, once you have enough money to meet basic needs, money does not make you happier. America's newly identified at-risk group is preteens. Listen to this. America's newly identified at-risk group is preteens and teens from affluent, well-educated families. In spite of their economic and social advantages, they experience among the highest rates of depression, substance abuse, anxiety disorders, somatic complaints, and unhappiness of any group of children in this country. In the words of Malcolm Gladwell, wealth contains the seed of its own self-destruction. Which is why Jesus said, take care, be on your guard against all greed, covetousness. <laughs> covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And it's why he told the parable of the rich man who kept amassing more and more wealth, thinking he was secure. It's not that the rich man was wrong for becoming wealthy. It's that he had hoarded his wealth for selfish pleasures instead of stewarding it for God's purposes. The rich man in the parable never even acknowledges God. There's no mention of a tithe or faithful giving, and there's no generosity towards his neighbor. That is why Jesus exclaimed, Fool! This night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Point one, the most important things in life are not amassed in a barn, which leads us to point two, the most important things in life are received in the heart, which leads to a life of simplicity. Going back to the quote by Leon Morris, greed can never get enough, worry is afraid it may not have enough. Jesus then turns his attention in our passage to the issue of worry. And he said to his disciples, verse 22, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Can any of you relate to being anxious or worried lately? If so, give me a wink or raise your hand. Given that we're in a global pandemic, with major social unrest, I know I can relate. I recently came across a story that relates to this very topic of worry. It, it reads, when Abraham Lincoln 
was on his way to Washington to be inaugurated, he spent some time in New York with Horace Greeley and told him an antidote that was meant to answer the question everybody was asking. Are we really going to have a civil war? In his circuit riding days, Lincoln and his companions riding to the next session of court had crossed many swollen rivers on one particular journey. But the formidable Fox River was still ahead of them. They said to one another, if these streams give us so much trouble, how should we get across the Fox River? When darkness fell, they stopped for the night at a log tavern where they fell in with the Methodist presiding elder of the district who rode through the country in all kinds of weather and knew all about the Fox River. They gathered around him and asked him about the present state of the river. Oh, yes, replied the Methodist circuit rider. I know all about the Fox River. I have crossed it often and understand it well. But I have one fixed rule with regard to the Fox River. I never cross it till I reach it. In the words of theologian Kent Hughes, worry projects the worst. The fox becomes the mighty Mississippi at flood stage. The warrior is perpetually going unfed and unclothed. Worry loads the present with the weight of the future. So friends, what is the solution to worry? Understanding in your inner life that God is always present in your outer life. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds, Jesus says. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? In layman's terms, Jesus is saying, don't worry. Taylor, John, Tricia, God values you and will provide for you both now and for eternity. Do you believe that? Do you believe Jesus? Do you believe that God values you and will provide for you both now and for eternity? You see, once we come to believe this, I mean really believe it, it changes everything. It means we no longer have to load up our barns or bank accounts out of pride or insecurity. It means we no longer have to carry the weight of tomorrow today. It means we can give generously and live abundantly, not with stuff crowding our hearts, but with love Fiddling our hearts. 
This way of living, known as the way of simplicity, seeks God's kingdom first, not our own. In the words of N.T. Wright, the kingdom of God is at its heart about God's sovereignty sweeping the world with love and power so that human beings, each made in God's image and each one dearly loved, may relax in the knowledge that God is in control. Friends, in the midst of this pandemic, will you allow God's sovereignty to sweep over you with love and power today? Will you repent and turn from thinking you will never have enough to professing and believing that God will always be enough? Will you? This is the way of simplicity. If your answer is yes, I invite you to join me in two next steps. First, Give the worry. Like Shrek, let's go back to Shrek. Like Shrek with years of wool, what is the one worry weighing you down the most right now? Let's bring it to God today and allow him to lighten your load. And then second, empty the barn. In view of Jesus' parable, how can you move from laying up treasures for yourself to being rich towards God in the words of Jesus? For some, this may mean to begin tithing to our church. For others, it may mean giving a legacy gift to our building campaign. To others, it may mean supporting a great nonprofit through a generous offering In my years of stewardship, if there's one thing I've learned, God's not interested in what we cannot do. He's interested in what we can do when we trust in him. In closing, friends, the most important things in life are not amassed in a barn. They're received in the heart, which leads to a life of simplicity. Join me as I pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you first with our worry. Like Shrek, many of us have layers, years upon years of worry that weigh us down. And we've been trying to figure out how to deal with this worry. Are we secure? Is my family going to be fed? Are we going to have a roof over our head? Maybe some of us have lived excessively. God, we confess and bring our worry to you today. Would you lighten our load? And God, we pray that you would show us how to empty the barn, to live richly for you, to be not simply about our pleasures, but more interested in your kingdom in your purposes. Give us wisdom and courage to live richly for you. We pray this for our satisfaction and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.